Look back at the Lights inaugural season from the Zappos tailgate at the final home match on Wednesday night versus Phoenix. We speak to Brett Lashbrook for his thoughts on the team's first season, and we sit down with professional better Nigel Seeley of UK Soccer Bets to get his thoughts on the Premier League season. All that and more coming up on the Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour, and it starts right now. Hello and welcome to the Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour. A very special episode here, coming at you not live, but recorded this time from the Wednesday night tailgate at the final Las Vegas Lights home game of the year against Phoenix Rising. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and joining me as always, it's the best man bun in the business, Carson Merck. Yo, yo. And Chris Magnum Chapman. How you doing, Chris? I am doing fantastic, man. Good to hear. We have a great show for you tonight. Coming on later on, we have Lights owner, Brett Lashbrook. At long last, he's been here on the phone, but we will have him in person with us tonight. And we also have Nigel Seeley, professional sports better from England, coming in to talk about uh, this weekend's game, the final game of the season against Sacramento, and of course, give us his plays of the week. And, and we I'm, have a soundtrack from DJ Plus right now at the do. Zappos tailgate. DJ Plus, it is lit at the final Zappos tailgate of the year. And guys, a very reflective show. Uh, we have we have come a very long way, not just since the first game on February, what was it, 24th? Or was it on uh, Valentine's Day? Was I think it, it was around 14th? Valentine's Day. It might have been the 14th. Are you yeah. talking preseason or regular pre season? Preseason. Pre yeah, it was, it was like February. One day after I moved here, started with the team, was there for that first game. It was cold. It was very cold. Not cold tonight. Very nice out tonight. Yeah. It's also not as hot as it was in the middle of the season. That is, that is also true. Now this, as you said, reflective. One thing that I'm easily reflective on in a positive way with this season is where we're at now is the Zappos tailgate. Yeah. Anyone that was in town for a match, the first thing they brought up was the Zappos tailgate. They're like, dude, that's sick. Like, yeah. you guys have a party literally before every home match. And it, it, was, it has consistently yeah. been one of the best things of this team, and it's, there have been a lot of good things. Yeah, it's a good time. I mean, you get to come out, obviously, before a match, a couple hours, hang out, talk to other soccer fans, get yeah. some food, get some drinks, and Ride dance, a Harley. And yeah, ride a Harley. They, they always have some... Uh, stands up here that, yep. that people can get some information, some cool stuff on. We go, we all got a stress ball from I think, yeah. I, someone, Metro I think PCS. I'm, I think I'm going to ride the Harley after we do the show. Do it. I've never been on one, so. I, I did it earlier in the season. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and, and another interesting thing here, we last week we said it could be the penultimate episode, making this the final episode. Apparently that is not the case. We will hopefully be on air next weekend. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm at TV at work. I'll be tweeting out some updates. I'm sure Carson A. Merck and Chris, what is your Twitter? At Magnum702, right? Magnum702. Yes, word, yeah. Must follow. Must follow. Must follow. <laughs> Unlike Ben S. Goats. Yes. Rest in peace. Rest and in peace, Ben I, S. Goats. I don't, again, I'm not a huge conspiracy theory guy. I have other conspiracies, but Ben Goats go ahead, goes, covers the Golden Knights for their for the first season and yeah. not off to an ideal not start. To an so, ideal start you, know. there. you want the stress ball for that one? No, I have, yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have one, but, but no. it, talking specifically about the show, it is interesting. The very first episode was you and me, Chris. Yeah, it was, it was us, and then... Uh, then you fell off for a little while. And it then was I just think, me for a couple yeah. episodes, and then Carson came in originally for an interview that was not recorded. That was He the had worst. to come back in 
He had left the studio. We play it back, and nothing's there. You know what? I remember that. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that and he had, you had to you had to come back in, and I we you just haven't left the show since. You missed one episode, right? I've missed a couple. I've been out of town for a couple of yeah, maybe, various maybe soccer matches. Of course, possibly one of the best moments in show history. My wedding day. Your wedding day. You yeah. came in to do the show. That that was fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's that's built to last then. So over under on Carson's marriage or Newcastle goals the next couple of weeks, three and a half? <laughs> well, yeah, Newcastle is sitting at a low goal total. And as I wrote today for NewcastleTunes.com, shout out to, you know, my the site I co-expert. Shameless plug. Yeah, Love shameless it. plug always. And a year ago today, they were 10th in the Premier League and only two <laughs> points behind Liverpool. Obviously, it was only like seven matches in, but they had actually just drawn with Liverpool at St. James's Park 1-1. Wow. And then here we are <laughs> in the relegation zone. Liverpool last year, they they were a lot, you know, once they got Van Dyke, things certainly changed. But, uh, yeah, I remember all those nights where they were struggling to beat teams like Newcastle, the Watfords. They drew with Watford first game of the season last year. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed that the way it ended over the weekend for Newcastle. But, uh, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, another thing we have to talk about, though, in terms of a year ago today, the United States loses to Trinidad and Tobago to yeah, be eliminated the from the 2018 World Cup. Yeah. I, I, I was reflecting back on some Facebook posts, and basically I – I posted uh, to clean house. Everybody associated with U.S. soccer needed to be completely eliminated and gone. And here we are a year later, and we still don't have a coach. Still hanging around, yeah. We, we have Eric still here. Yeah, I mean, the, the same guys who were responsible for the U.S. not qualifying are still running the show, so clearly. And we still don't have a coach. Dave Sarakin has now been the coach for longer than Bruce Arena. That's wild, yeah. And, he, and, and they play tomorrow night? Yeah, Columbia. Columbia in, in Tampa. That, in Tampa, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, tonight, uh, interestingly enough, Some funny sweet how this vengeance. works. Sweet vengeance. Yes. The U.S. women's national team just defeated Trinidad and Tobago 7 to nothing. Wow. Well, I'm guessing the Trinidad and Tobago women's team would have beaten the U.S. men's national team last year that, on, that. This, on this, well, I don't want to call it an anniversary, but uh, the day this, of remembrance yeah. for the death of the U.S. soccer team for the 2018 World yeah. Cup. And I have to say one thing, a couple things in regards to the women's national team. I didn't see the scoreline tonight of who scored, but... Alex Morgan has been in a ridiculous form, and feels it, like she always comes into form for a World Cup. Yeah, she she's like it was like 20 goals in 21 matches or something. But one player that every single time I watch the women's national team, which I try to do consciously, is Tobin Heath. I like her. She yeah. scored catches. She, scored. she catches bodies. Yes. <laughs> she if you're into the dribbling and embarrassing people, Tobin Heath does that at least once a match. Where you're like, dang, that was. The that U.S. women's team is just loaded with talent. I mean, we talked about, I don't know if it was you and me. Yeah, I believe we were yeah. talking about Carly Lloyd. You, and but I believe it was, my mom actually met her, very wonderful woman, Carly Lloyd. Big shout out to uh, Christy Rampone, yes. Point Pleasant, New Jersey native. Yes. Went to Monmouth University just up the street from me. I've I, been trying to get a Mallory Pugh jersey for mm. over a year now. I could say this, without a doubt, Christine Rampone, she was Christy Pierce back in high school. And uh, she's from the Jersey Shore, at, like I said, Point Pleasant Beach, just a couple towns over from me, or Point Pleasant Borough High School, I should say. She was, without a doubt, the greatest female athlete to ever come out of the state of New Jersey, and that's that's saying a lot. But she was a phenomenal basketball player, obviously phenomenal soccer player, maybe the greatest women's soccer player ever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's from my hometown. She's only, like, two years older than me, so uh, it, it's big easy, shout to her. It's easy to say, but I think it's important to – 
drive home the point of don't neglect the women's national team in this current form that they're in. They are as a soccer very fan. Good. Like don't just not watch them because it's women's soccer. A that's that's stupid. And B, they're stupid, stupid good right now. Like they're loaded. They're they're backups could legitimately be a decent team. Yeah. And well, so it's I, like, watch the matches. They're good matches. What I like about the women's game is the way it's grown so much. Yeah. You know, because I was a kid when they won. I, I know they won a couple of them. And I can't remember which one it was when Brandy Chastain, the famous celebration. Yeah. You know, the Sports Center even made a little clip out of it. But she beat Kevin Garnett at foosball, and she celebrated. And Garnett was, like, waiting for her to take the shirt off and helicopter it. But, you know, they... They, the, the sport has grown so much since then. Brazil has become a power. France has become really good. Japan obviously winning the World Cup. You know, when I was coming up or when I was a kid, Norway was a huge, huge challenger to the U.S. China was really good. But it's so great to see the women's game grow as well because it's just as entertaining to me as the men's game. That, that's my thing. It, it's not something where you're watching it. Like, I can turn on a women's national team game right now and – just it's it's just soccer i'm not watching it like wow this is good for a woman's game or wow she's really good for a woman she's like the blank of that it's just good soccer like yeah. you, you have fun watching it they play an attacking brand of soccer they have great talent you know they I, represent the country well I, I think the biggest difference to me is that soccer is the same game no matter what level you're playing it yeah yeah it's it's not the same. Like there there are big differences between the NBA and the WNBA. Yeah, yeah the ball size, the three point line's a little closer. The physicality, I think, of it is is just completely different. Yeah, like but, in the way it's in, in the way it's played, it's just different. With soccer, not really the case. Yeah, goals are the same. I, I, from what I understand, I, yeah, the same, same size. Field the same, is the same, the same size. Same. Everything's the same. You know, penalty kicks are from 18 The only difference out, so. is the United States is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's well, an they're, unfortunate. They're beyond inconvenient good. Inconvenient truth, that's Al Gore once said. Elite. Yeah, they're, they're elite. And, again, it, you know, it's just good soccer. Just watch it. Like, don't – even if you don't watch every match, follow along. Yeah. Like, there, yeah. there, are, there are people that are fans of any team in any sport where they're, like, the, you know, ghost fan, where they're just – all you see is them, like, tweet about it. You're like, man, I know you don't watch these matches or these games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, just, just be a fan. Even follow along, you know. Tweet it out. You know, the more awareness, the more girls that are comfortable growing up and they're like, I'm going to be a professional soccer player because I watched A, because I yeah. watched B. It's, you know, it's better for the country. It's better for the world if, you know, people are competing and, yeah. you know, well, represent the country. Now, even the Women's Premier League does really well, too. Yeah. yeah. It's very popular now, over there, too. Now, now, let's shift back over to the men's team. Uh-oh. And let, 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 that's a that's the ultimate downer of a transition. I'm aware. How bad it's necessary. Night, it's necessary. I don't think it's that bad. Three one. Remember this team. Yeah. Remember this team tied France before the World Cup. Yeah, true. I mean, yes, we're without a couple guys. Sadly, McKinney will be out. Our Kulisic best player. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably, but two of our five two, best players. Yeah, two of. But this team has talent. Yeah. To move forward. Yeah. This team is going to be good. Well, I saw I saw a statistic or a. a Right up the other day, eight players for the eight American players have scored a goal in the Bundesliga this year. Really? I think that's what it said. Yeah. That's that's wild. That's, yeah. That's pretty. I, I can't remember all of them, but uh, we, we pretty have, much every American who's playing in the Bundesliga is scoring goals. That's pretty sweet. We we have players going to Europe, playing well and succeeding in Europe. Yeah. I mean, Timothy Way is scoring goals. Yeah, he's not going to see much playing time behind Neymar. Yeah, of course not. But. 
he's going to be good. But it, I like the idea of, obviously we've talked about it before on another on the other football podcast, yeah. but I like the idea of young American players going to Germany because they're going to learn to play a German style. Mm -hmm. They're going to become very efficient. They're going to play the game the right way. They're going to play hard. And they're going to they're going to learn to win because a lot of these guys aren't playing for garbage clubs. Yeah. You know, they're playing for teams in the Champions League. So, yeah, McKinney's getting ch Champions yeah. League playing time. He scored a goal. He scored the Pil game winner. Pilsic <laughs> is on Pilsic is in Dortmund who scored a goal on his birthday against Club Bruges and for, is leading the Bundesliga. For me, it's it's about the about the progression of at first, you know, recently it was a matter of you know, let just go play there. You know, maybe you'll see a match here or there. You'll play on the B side. Now it's not a these kids go are starting. Play. They're starting. And they're they're young. actually and, and, and they're these young are, guys. And these are players that I, I know we mentioned on the other football podcast before. It's one where people see these players. They see Pulisic. They see McKinney. They see even like John Brooks, guys like that. They see them like, oh, that dude's an American. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's not good for an American. He's good. He's good and also. He's American, which which is cool, and it's nice to see. Again, that goes back to more more young kids are going to see that. Like, okay, this is how I get to where he's at. Yeah, I play locally. I go through high school. If you want to go to college, academies, whatever, go overseas. You know. And you're seeing some of these guys who come from MLS and get sold very young. Yeah. Which helps raise the profile of MLS. Definitely. Which helps raise the profile of soccer domestically. Definitely. Which also helps grow the sport. It's a cascading effect as these athletes get out here. As we get these better players, it's only helping out in every facet. Yeah. Well, the, the key for me, and, and and obviously it's not anything that the United States has any control over, but easing the visa restrictions for young American players to yeah. sign and play at the academies of some of these other big clubs in Europe, because obviously Pulisic had the advantage of having dual citizenship, yeah. Croatian, the United States, EU passport. He could sign at 16 and go play for Dortmund. Whereas a lot of these other kids, they have to wait until they're 18. Go through all these, you know, yellow tape. Yeah. Hey, you need to go to this. You need this documentation. I 100%. 100% agree. But it's reciprocal because I think if you can do that in Europe with soccer, the United States could return the favor and allow these young basketball players mm -hmm. from Europe to come over and play as a teenager and get that experience against American players, and then they go to college or the NBA or whatever. Yeah. So it's a reciprocal thing, and hopefully in the future – it'll be something that's a little easier for, for both of them to do. Shout out to Jetty Osman, Cleveland Cavaliers from Turkey. Luka Doncic. He's going to be a stud. Look, I mean, you can't have a basketball conversation without bringing up the GOAT, Zaza Pachulia. I that's beside gonna, the point. I think you're going to tell me uh, Jerry McNamara. I was going to say, and, and how about this? We, we can bring this full circle. Another team that benefits from players from, from other countries, where we are right now. Las USL. Vegas Lights yeah. FC. Yeah, a lot of players, you know, either from with experience in the Mexican league or um, even we, we mentioned. I think Daigo Kobayashi played briefly for the J J Japanese national one, one team. One game. Yeah, I still haven't figured out who we played against. Who we got his one cap against, but yeah. he played. You know, yeah. look, he and and he played for a lot of years at MLS too. Yeah. So you know, they, there's there's a lot of benefit to, to the sport growing worldwide, especially here in America. And. I, I, another thing, another thing you have to mention there. Uh, the J League, interesting enough, I believe they're going to be on ESPN Plus. Wow, oh, is it? Yeah. I saw that J League signed some kind of deal. ESPN Plus is like, I feel like whoever is the talent acquisition there, oh, they're like, good. 
Well, they're like Suge Knight. What was yeah. that? The, the BET Awards. Like, oh, yeah. If you don't want dancing in the videos, you come to Death Row. You don't want your producer, yeah. He's like, yeah, if you don't want your games on some random streaming network, come, come to, to ESPN+. Plus. You know what? That could be the tipping point to make me get ESPN+. Plus because, Interesting. Because for me, if those games are shown live, they'll be at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So if you're up that late and you're a lunatic like I am, it's something to watch on the weekends. It's true. And, and to be honest with you, I've always followed the Japanese national team. goes way back to when I had a Japanese girlfriend. She was a big fan of Hidotoshi Nakata. This was going back we, when I was in Rome. We went to go see him play for Roma. So I followed the Japanese national team. I would love to watch J-League. To me, and to me with that, before we go too far down the ESPN Plus rabbit hole because there's a 1,700 leagues, yeah. honestly, it's like, like Chris said. If you're sitting there at 10 a.m. On, on a Saturday and all the Premier League, because we're on the West Coast, all the Premier League games are over, and then the, you just go on ESPN Plus and you can watch, you know, an Italian game. They're, yeah. There's random games. Yeah. I watched that uh, Sassuolo and Napoli when the dude scored the crazy oh, goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's one I wouldn't have been watching that if not for ESPN Plus. Let's and not, I was like, not oh. mention Napoli, by the way. So yeah, as, we, as we round out this uh, segment, let's, uh, let's bring it back to the lights. Okay. And let's bring it back. What we've seen a lot of changes over the past eight months or so. Yeah. Um, There's a dinosaur walking by here in a second. Too. What? That's pretty intense. There was a hot mama walked by too. Fair enough. That's what We're, I'm looking at. <laughs> all right. There was a dinosaur and then there was somebody it's a in family a, program. Yeah. There, there was is a, that's in all right. fact an inflatable dinosaur. Yeah, that dinosaur. Is and then I also saw somebody with like an animal, like like a squirrel or something, head on earlier. Yeah. But, so you saw a lot of changes. Eight a lot months, of changes gone. Um. I mean, most of the roster yeah, is true. different now. Yeah. The head coaching staff, as a matter of fact, first preseason game, Shalise head coach. Now, uh, then, first regular season game, Shalise technical director, Isidro head coach. I believe it did not take us very much longer to get to Shalise suspended technical director, Isidro head coach. And, and now... now Chalice. It is the Isidro show. Yeah, I was going to say, now Chalice no longer with the club, and Isidro running the show. And mm -hmm. They've been, I think we mentioned it, they've been pretty decent in, in Isidro's time. They've they have. I mean, he's had a lot of experience from just the touchline, at least, because yeah. most of most of the time Chalice was not on the touchline yeah. due to various suspensions. I think he. I think he's done well. He, he seems to be kind of setting up a, an actual system that he wants the team to play, and they've been pretty good in the attack, so... No, it's been good. It's been a lot of change. It's been a fun season. Yeah. Anyone around the USL, that nobody will say, man, the lights were really boring this season and they didn't do anything cool. No. So, what, I'll, what I'll give it my two cents, the experience to me as a fan is super cool. Yeah. Because you're close to the action. Like we mentioned earlier, you've got this tailgate party. The, the, the supporters club are very enthusiastic. And then at the end of the games, the players give you their jerseys. Yeah. I mean, what sport and what team and yeah. what league will the players just go give their jerseys and, that they and wore in the game? Every game is every the thing. Game. It's not Even one away where, games. Yeah, it there is, are fans, they give them. Yeah. It's super cool. It's and not one where it's fan appreciation night, hey, yeah. we'll give out, which it is tonight, shout out to the fans. Yep. But, no, it's literally every game, every player guaranteed to give out a jersey, which is which is great. Yep. Imagine being a kid and coming to one of these matches and getting a jersey from someone. Yeah. like. Yeah, I caught a baseball from like Jarrett Wright when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Jarrett Wright, wow! I yeah. ran into Nick Swisher in the mall in Syracuse once. I probably kicked Nick Swisher in the grapes. I think. All right. 
and the Ohio on Ohio State uh, Buckeye Nick Swisher. He is one of the biggest bros in the history of the world. Why does that not surprise you? Let's let's, uh, <laughs> let's bring it back. He was buying Can Jam at the time. That makes sense. But let, let's let's bring it back. Favorite moment this season. Oh man, that's a good one. Yeah. I would have. I I'm a stand for Ricardo Ferrino. Yep. So I would say I'm, I'm aware. I would say the general category of Ricardo Ferrino. If I had to pick out one moment. Now let's not forget here before you do this. Both of us said Angel Alvarez might get the starting job at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that is true. We have bad call by both of us. Mm -hmm. um, eh, yeah. Okay. We'll we'll say bad call. But the uh, no, I would say if I had to pick out one Ferrino moment, it was the the solo counterattack himself from that, goal. That was amazing. Like, he looked up to try to roll the ball out and then looked and was like, I'm just going to roll it out myself and got to mid-pitch. But Freno was a blast. Yeah. Number one fan attraction every game. I would say just hanging out and doing the show with you guys. I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been an experience. You know, watching you guys grow, too, as broadcasters, because, I mean, you guys are both getting into this. I've been doing it for a while. So being a part of this and watching you guys grow has just been a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously, for me, I haven't been in a ton of games because I, I sometimes I'm occupied with the Golden Knights. But I think, for me, the highlight was Freddie Adu turning around and having a conversation with me and Carson. That yeah. was pretty great. During a game. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> and even before we let Thomas give his favorite moment, which I'm sure he's got a lot of, it's one where – this is Vegas's team, like yeah. just as simple as that. Not only in the sense of it's Vegas's team, they do crazy stuff, but as a Las Vegas native or Las Vegas resident, you're like, that's our soccer team. Yeah. It's just cool to have. Same thing with Golden Knights, obviously, yeah. and the Aces. They, uh, they are, they are the Vegas team. Kind of. uh, yeah. On your on your point, Chris, I think the funniest is remember the first episode. We had a rundown on an Excel spreadsheet with like each minute of the show planned out. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> how things have changed. We yeah. talked about cereal last yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Captain Crunch. I can't eat Captain Crunch anymore because oh, it every time, up top it, of your yeah. Mouth. yeah. And then when you get like you drink the orange juice, it burns uh. from all the tears <laughs> on the Captain Crunch. I, I'm a fan of Captain Crunch. You just gotta let it sit for a minute in the milk. Yeah, but then it yeah, gets soggy. Yeah, yeah, but no, like there's a point where it's good. So it's almost like you have to. You have to learn the velocity or, how, yeah. you know, the physics of yeah. how quick Captain Crunch gets soggy in a yeah. cup of milk. But here we are back talking about cereal. <laughs> here we are back on cereal. But uh, I think my favorite moment, I think it might be the pub crawl. Pub crawl was a very fun night. I, I wasn't there, was but the, I heard it was a good time. I think though. that was the best event that we did, and we've done some great events. But that, uh, that was the one I remember engaging with the fans just a ton. I think everybody had a great time, and it really went off without a hitch. Which is good. Yeah. Honestly, anything that goes off without a hitch in your first season I think is a positive. Yeah. And then for it to even be a success on top of that. And is, of, you know. of course, we have to give honorable mention to helicopter? the helicopter yeah. cash drop. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Honorable mention to the fans who didn't destroy the yeah. field or each I other I thought that we night. were going to get into some <laughs> fights. There's a guy yelling with a loudspeaker right now. There is a guy with a loudspeaker. Like rebel, like, rebel militia. Yeah. yeah. That is Luis Fuerza of the supporters group heading into the stadium. Who have done a great job supporting this season. Through, they have. Through everything. They have. So is the electric company. Uh, of course Which is we such had, a good yep, name. It is. I was Fantastic so happy when name. they named that name. All right. Well, Dinosaur we're going to wrap things up again. here for yeah. this uh, first segment. When we come back, Brett Lashbrook in the flesh. For the first time on hopefully the Las Vegas also Soccer Hopefully also in clothes. Hopefully. By the way, I'm starting the Wenger in campaign tonight officially. All yes. right. I'm with it. <laughs> Stick around. It's going to be a good one.
At Shiva's Fight Club, we believe there's a fighter in all of us. A mind that's always moving, thinking, sparring, and a heart that won't be knocked down. We believe in staying devoted to the fight because every dream is worth fighting for. On the rise to the top, hard work should be rewarded and success always shared. What are you fighting for? Your Southern Nevada Harley-Davidson dealers invite you to join in the fun and the winnings. Now and throughout the Las Vegas light soccer season, you can sign up and win one of two great prizes, a pair of lights tickets or Harley-Davidson Riding Academy classes for one. Two lucky winners will be chosen every month. Sign up at the Harley-Davidson tent during lights games or at any Harley-Davidson dealer. Las Vegas Harley-Davidson, Red Rock Harley-Davidson, or Henderson Harley-Davidson. You can't win if you don't enter. No purchase required. Winners notified by email must be 16 with valid driver's license. Do you have a group of friends, family, employees, or customers who love a summer night out with food, fun, and Vegas' most passionate fans? Lights FC group packages start at just 10 guests and include complimentary scarves, great food and beverage options, cabanas, barbecues, VIP experiences, and so much more. Call 702-728-GOAL, that's 702-728-4625 to speak with a Lights FC ticket sales representative. We'll see your group at Cashman Field. Viva Lights! Sign up today for a new William Hill mobile sports account, and you can earn $5 for every Las Vegas Lights FC win at home during the 2018 season using the promo code LIGHTS. Now through November 30th, sign up for a new William Hill mobile sports account and make and wager through a minimum $100 deposit to earn $5 for every Lights FC win at home using the promo code LIGHTS. The William Hill mobile sports app allows you to bet on the go from anywhere in Nevada, including live in-play wagering on soccer. For more information, visit williamhill.us slash lights. That's williamhill.us slash lights. And welcome back to the Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour here from the Zappos tailgate at the final Las Vegas Lights home game of the season. And as promised, live and in person, it is Brett Lashbrook here with me, Thomas Viola, Carson Merck, and Chris Magnum Chapman. Brett, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Viva Lights, everyone. Viva Lights. It has been uh, remarkable, to say the least, this season. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, right? Yeah. The, the year has gone by really, really fast, and uh, we are incredibly, incredibly proud of what we what we've built and what we're building as a, as as a community, as a as a fan base. And certainly, we didn't get everything right, but we got way more right than than, than wrong. And we are going to just continue to build and build. We were the second largest city in the world without a, so a professional soccer team, and everyone's heard me say that. But just think about that and and where we were a year ago. We didn't even have a coach. We didn't have players. We just had a name and a logo. Um, and today, we've got seven thousand people singing and dancing and cheering uh, right in downtown Las Vegas every other week. It is, it is it is just amazing to see. I mean, my first day of work was the first game. I moved to Vegas the day beforehand. I can't believe it's already been eight months. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's, it's we were, we were, we knew we were going to be in first place in that game too, right? Yes. We knew. We, well, <laughs> what could go wrong, Tom? We're going to yes. win every single game. So, uh, we, earlier on the show, right before the break, uh, we all talked about our favorite moment from the season. What was yours? Well, that's a great one. Uh, there has been a lot, but it's funny. It's probably more the off-field stuff, right? And mm -hmm. to see the community rally around it, to see certain parts of our fan base really uh, get their own identity and um, 
you know, the interaction between the players and the fans and, uh, you know, I also remember that first game, right? You yeah. always remember that very, very first game and 10,000 people packing this place, right? Right here where we're standing now it in the Zappos tailgate. It was brisk. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I remember because that was my first real day in Vegas. Yeah. And moving out here, I was the total just off the truck, no idea. Yeah. I show up to the game in just slacks and the polo. No idea that I'm about to freeze to death. It was, it was chilly. You yeah. know, I, I'd say a, another thing is I think about one of my when I think of this year, I, I think of our club really developing a culture and really yeah. developing an identity. And I am incredibly proud that you know nine months into our our being a club, uh, people around USL they know what Las Vegas lights mean, right? People in MLS, people across American sports, we have created something and are creating something. And I am incredibly proud for how young we are. Uh, we are punching above our weight, and we. Will continue to do that unabashedly and lead with our chin and not afraid to do things differently and outlandish. So Any, I would say, as far as a team identity, like you mentioned, the lights are the lights. The lights Every are the lights, yeah. And you know, this off the field, right? We have so much fun off the field, and what can we do next that's, you know, uh, innovative and fun, but also taking the on field incredibly yeah. serious, right? We we have experienced coaches, we have experienced players, we have players that have, you know, played on their national teams, the MLS, League of Max. That, you know, putting all that together, right? We're going to continue to tweak and and get it better for next year, but we're really proud of that. With, with that, with speaking of the coaches, obviously Chalice is gone. We know that. We don't need to dive into that. As far as going forward, obviously Cedro's still here. Chalice was the technical director. Is the is the you know line going to be hire a technical director who will help hire the coach? Is that kind of the thought process? Well, so so there's a lot of moving parts. What I would say is I have been incredibly impressed and appreciative of everything that Isidro's done, both when Chalice was here and stepping into the, I'll call it, the additional roles when Chalice left the organization. And I, I really hope that the fans, uh, and I wish that the fans got to know Isidro more in this last couple weeks, right? Yeah. Because he really is his own man with his own identity, with his own try, his own way of doing things that is very, very different from his father. And he's incredibly appreciative of his father, but he also is so different from his father. Um, and so it's been really, as someone I now consider him to be a friend, to yeah. see him really kind to come into his own identity uh, has been a lot of fun. As far as next year, what I've told Chalice and Isidro at the beginning of the season, we'll evaluate, and the same thing I've told all the players, sure. we'll evaluate everything after the last game of the season. So uh, I'll, I'll stick with that. And I, I think that's the right way to do it. I yeah. think once you start making those conversations in the middle of the season, even if it's all positive or all negative, it's just the appropriate thing to evaluate it when you have a full body of work. Absolutely. Now, speaking of the final game, obviously this is the final home game, Saturday, final game of the season in Sacramento. Yeah. We got something special cooked up for that, don't we? We have something really, really special that we're really proud of. You want me to tell the, you want to tell the good people at home, or are you going to tell them, Tom? I, I, th I think you can have that. You're so, the owner, after all. Yeah, so we are creating the first BetCast, right? So the very first American, really, as far as we know, anyone, a professional sports team to take their local broadcast and make it 100% centered around sports betting. Uh, we are an incredibly proud uh, resident of Las Vegas and, and, and this community. And gaming and sports betting uh, means so much to our community. Uh, and with the Supreme Court recently changing their ruling and, and, and changing the rules of what we can do with, with sports betting across the country, we raised our hands very early in this industry and said we want to be a leader. We are not afraid, embarrassed, ashamed. Uh, we want to take sports betting away from the, the, the dark, shadowy places, and we want to bring it out. We became the very first professional sports team to actually promote the lines in-game, encouraging their fans to take their phones out at the beginning of the game and halftime. This is the lines. 
And so our partner, William Hill, we're going to be partnering with the Vegas Sports Insider Network. Uh, VEASAN out of the South Point Hotel uh, and Casino, you know, started with Britt Musburger and those guys. Uh, and we are going to create a local broadcast that is 100% focused on betting. So we'll have a professional odds maker, a professional bookmaker. Uh, we'll have our own very own Tom Viola right there on the air. We'll have tickers. We'll have prop bets. William Hill will be first goal, first player, first X, Y, and Z. And again, bringing light to this uh, of, of sports gaming and how professional sports teams should embrace it. All the other big leagues are afraid to talk about it, right? It, gambling happens every weekend in the NFL, but the NFL is afraid to talk about it. We're going to take our local broadcast and we're going to shout it from the mountaintops of people bet on this and we want them to bet on it. You kind of have been very innovative in that regard as well because the Golden Knights have followed suit and they've now brought William Hill on board as well, one of their sponsors. But one of the other sponsors that I wanted to ask you about and very unique and very, I think, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just so innovative. Innovative, innovative was, yes. Was bringing on the dispensary. Yeah, so just to go back real quick to Golden Knights and, and William Hill, the difference is the Golden Knights are not allowed per the NHL rules to talk about betting via William Hill on the Golden Knights games. It's the hypocrisy is unbelievable, <laughs> right? So they can talk about William Hill in the arena, but they can't say go bet on, William, on, on uh, the Golden Knights. We're doing everything. We're saying, go bet on William Hill. Here's the lines. Here's the bets. Here's the props. Go put your money down. And by the way, use the Lights FC promo code. So very, very different. As it relates to the innovative sponsorship with cannabis, you know, I've had the question many, many times. We are not embarrassed to be from Las Vegas. We love Las Vegas. Buy for Las Vegas. For Las Vegas. Uh, the people of Las Vegas overwhelmingly voted to make uh, marijuana legal, right? Both recreational and, and medical. The world's largest dispensary is literally four blocks from here. They are investing millions of dollars, right? here into downtown, just like Lights FCR. They are our neighbor, they are our partners. Uh, anything that we can do to help support downtown, and by the way, uh, help destigmatize, right? There's, I think there's a lot of, I mean, not, they're not I think, I know there's a lot of, you know, uh, giggling when you talk about, oh, they've got a marijuana sponsor. The reality is, if you walk into the New Woo Marketplace, it's like an Apple store. It is clean, it is uh, completely professional, and 80% of the product is approved by the World Anti-Doping Association. Just think about that, right? Whenever these other teams call me, 80% of the product is approved by the World Anti-Doping Association, and our athletes are saying more and more they love the uh, the various creams and medicinal uh, solutions uh, that are at the New Woo Marketplace. So we're incredibly proud uh, of that. That's interesting. I didn't actually know that the players were using some of their products. Absolutely. It's, again, all the stuff that's approved by the yeah. World Anti-Doping Association. Yeah, and that just goes to show further the stigma around it. I had no idea that any of it yeah. was approved. Yeah, and I, I think professional sports provides a platform for a community uh, to, to, again, have some of these types of conversations. And so we're, again, we are not ashamed of being from Las Vegas, right? Whether it's gambling, whether it's marijuana, anything about Las Vegas, we love Las Vegas, and we're not going to shy away from it. So All right. Some of the stuff that you guys have done, too, like out here with this this party, it's almost like being at a carnival. Yeah. You know, and it's it's so innovative and it's so cool to see. Like, what what's the next step? Like, where do you guys go from here? Because... What you've done this season is so innovative. How do you take it a step further next year? So so two things. What the, the thought process behind the Zappos tailgate really was Zappos saying we want to do something cool, right? How do we take that American football experience and turn it into soccer and kind of meld the march to the match? Um, and the way I look at it is very simple. I can't control the 90 minutes on the field between the white lines, right? We can try as hard as we want. We can spend as much as we want. We can do as much as we want. You can't guarantee that you're going to win. But you can do all these different things for the hours leading up and the hours after the game to make 
make people smile. And what I, you know, I, I've, I've taken some, uh, some, some pushback from fans on, on this of, I am unabashedly trying to create a party here, right? And I do believe that we are an entertainment option, right? And we take our soccer incredibly serious. Again, with the level of players that we have on the field, the investment we've made in the coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera. But everything else about going to a lights game is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to make you smile and laugh and what are they gonna do next? So when you talk about what are we gonna do next, trust me. We were here too is going to be even bigger and better. Wanger in, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're just about ready to go to another break here, and that'll do it for us from the tailgate. Next up in studio, we'll have Nigel Seeley, professional sports better, and one of the other chairs yes, on Saturday's on the betcast. Big betcast. It is going to be very exciting. But before we go, one final question going all the way back to that first game. Yeah. DJ Ocho wanted to know. Can we get permission for one final whoop, whoop, that's the sound of the police? <laughs> for our season ticket holders, yes. they'll, they'll know about that, right? Exactly. I would say some experiments work and some experiments don't work, right? But but we, we have more that work than, than don't, and everyone has a good time when they come to the game. And thanks to all the fans for listening uh, all season long. We really, really appreciate it. Viva Lights. Thank you so much, Brett. Thank you for being on. And everyone, again, thanks for listening. Stick around. we got Nigel Seeley coming up. Sign up today for a new William Hill mobile sports account, and you can earn $5 for every Las Vegas Lights FC win at home during the 2018 season using the promo code LIGHTS. Now through November 30th, sign up for a new William Hill mobile sports account and make and wager through a minimum $100 deposit to earn $5 for every Lights FC win at home using the promo code LIGHTS. The William Hill Mobile Sports app allows you to bet on the go from anywhere in Nevada, including live in-play wagering on soccer. For more information, visit williamhill.us slash lights. That's williamhill.us slash lights. Your Southern Nevada Harley-Davidson dealers invite you to join in the fun and the winnings. Now and throughout the Las Vegas Lights soccer season, you can sign up and win one of two great prizes, a pair of lights tickets or Harley-Davidson Riding Academy classes for one. Two lucky winners will be chosen every month. Sign up at the Harley-Davidson tent during lights games or at any Harley-Davidson dealer. Las Vegas Harley-Davidson, Red Rock Harley-Davidson, or Henderson Harley-Davidson. You can't win if you don't enter. No purchase required. Winners notified by email must be 16 with valid driver's license. At Chivas Fight Club, we believe there's a fighter in all of us. A mind that's always moving, thinking, sparring, and a heart that won't be knocked down. We believe in staying devoted to the fight, because every dream is worth fighting for. On the rise to the top, hard work should be rewarded, and success always shared. What are you fighting for? Do you have a group of friends, family, employees, or customers who love a summer night out with food, fun, and Vegas' most passionate fans? Lights FC group packages start at just 10 guests and include complimentary scarves, great food and beverage options, cabanas, barbecues, VIP experiences, and so much more. Call 702-728-GOAL, that's 702-728-4625 to speak with a Lights FC ticket sales representative. We'll see your group at Cashman Field. Viva Lights! And welcome back to the Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour. I'm your host, Thomas Viola. Joining me here today is Nigel Seeley of UK Soccer Plays. Nigel, how are you doing today? Very well, Tom. Very tired. I mean, we just come back from an 11-hour flight into from, from Gatwick. Been out with you to see the lights last night. Been up the strip, which was very good. Off to see Lionel Richie tonight, but I'm I'm hitting, running on empty. 
So uh, I, I, need, I need to take a few coffees and get myself sorted out for the weekend. But looking forward to the game, looking forward to the work we got on tomorrow. So, yeah, all very good, mate. All good. Yep, obviously, uh, once this airs, Saturday morning, Lights game will be tonight. We will be co- uh, co-chairing with Matthew Holt. The first ever soccer betcast on my LVTV for Lights versus Sacramento. Excited about that? I am. I'm very honoured as well that someone's actually asked me to come over and do it. I mean, it's uh, it's a great privilege to me to come over here. I, I didn't know what to expect, actually. I didn't know actually how good or what the setup was going to be. And I was very impressed when I saw the team. They were very favourable. We, we met the owners. We met the manager who's gone through some difficult times. Saw the players. Uh, and they're coming in with a bit of form. I mean, they've got goals. They concede a lot of goals, but they're an entertaining side. And that's what you expect from the City of Entertainment Las Vegas. And that's what the soccer team reflects. So, yeah, I think we're going to be looking forward to a very good game. Um, I don't think we're watching a nil-nil, that's for sure. And I think we're going to be watching a few goals. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Very excited to be involved in, in, the, in the betting project. And, obviously, betting in America now has become absolutely huge. And with various different states coming, it's going to get bigger and bigger. So I'm glad to be in with an opportunity to work on it at the very early stages. Now, here on the Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour, we like to fuse the lights and news about them with, of course, looking over to Europe, looking at all the plays you can make this weekend. Not so many plays. We got UEFA Nations League going on, but obviously Premier League on an international break, all that. But why don't you tell the listeners about what you do over at UK Soccer Plays? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, 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 my background is journalism. I work for the Racing Post, which was the UK's leading uh, newspaper. I worked there for seven years doing football and tennis tips. Uh, and then I worked on media. I worked on uh, Sky Sports. I worked for Talk Sport Radio and various different things. And, and, and I've become a professional gambler. So I, I do my media work as well. But really what pays the bills is, is betting on, on sports, mostly football, uh, soccer, and most the um, tennis. And just before the World Cup, uh, we had started working with uh, Visa, did a lot of work with another couple of American companies, and the American market suddenly seemed to be something that was very interesting. So what we do is we run a subscription service where people can pay for a month, can pay for three months, can pay for six months, and they can. I would advise them on the domestic UK stuff, and I'd also advise, advise them on the international stuff. Um, so I'm telling them what to bet, team news, injury news, which which, as you know, is so important. I mean, with the lights, with other teams in the USL, MNS, if, if certain players are out, the other team doesn't play so well. And, you know, the, and I'm at the advantage in League One and League Two especially, knowing the players that are going to come out and who's going to come in and how good the players are coming in. Um, we're doing all right. We're making profit since the start of the season. We're about 50 points up in profit, uh, which is good for the punters. Everyone's quite happy. We obviously don't win every bet. We do, we do have a few losers. But as I keep telling everyone... Um, this is a marathon, not a sprint, and we've got to, you know, you've got, you've got to bet for the long term, you know. And there's no way we will lose money on the season, but we will on, on the week. So, uh, bet to what we say. We, we advise you a staking plan, and if you stick to the staking plan, you won't go wrong. But it's only UK stuff and the European stuff on the major European leagues. But uh, nations, nations, a couple of nations at the moment. I'm not having that time. I think it's a complete waste of time. There's no interest for me on that one. I'm interested in watching it. I've, really? I've had a good time watching a couple of the matches. Uh, one of my best friends lives over in Kosovo. He's in the Peace Corps. And he actually went to the first ever Kosovoan home match on home soil for the League of Nations. Well, that's, that's, that's what. That's, yeah. I mean, that's... A, there, that's a, there's some cool novelties to well, watch Well, if you watch the England-Croatia game this afternoon, yeah. Tommy, you will not be enjoying this competition. It was uh, it's 90 minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. <laughs> Absolutely. It was nil, there was nobody there. 
obviously, obviously, the Croatians have to play behind closed doors. The game looked an unders after the 30 seconds with no atmosphere. Marcus Rashford missed a couple of one of them. It was just an absolute open goal. Could, 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 how he could have missed, I couldn't understand it. But if you watch that game, you're going to have to be a big PR man to sell this tournament because that was dross, absolute dross. And uh, England play Spain. In Spain, I don't give them much hope on that performance. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one for sure. I think it's an interesting idea. I like that it gives a smaller, some smaller teams a chance to get into the Euros because I think a team like Kosovo actually does have a chance to be kind of the surprise like Iceland was in the 2016 Euros. We could be see, we, we could be seeing a new team do something like that. Well, do you know what, though, Tom? You're the only person I've met in a year who really understands what's going on in this tournament. You ask people back in England, you ask people, what, what is it? They have no no one has a clue what it's all about. Um, I just think it's, a, it's another opportunity to make money from, from, from international football. And I don't see, I mean, some of them England players today look burnt out. They've come back from a World Cup where they got to the semi-finals of the World Cup. Uh, they, they, they've played at the high level at the top of the Premier League, week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain players like Harry Kane are playing 60 games a season. And people would say, well, they own a lot of money. That's a lot of football to play. They've gone Champions League where they're travelling away, you know, four-hour flights, five-hour flights. I know it's not great massive compared to what you do over here in the states but it still takes out of your body on a thursday and a wednesday if you want to play on the premier league on a, on a, on a saturday so i i think if you ask them players today who played you know especially english i can see your point from kosovo and the smaller nations but for those england players today if you ask them where would you rather be they wouldn't want to be playing that game no way they'd, they'd want to be back home with their families concentrate on the Premier League and the last place they want to be in, mid, in, in a couple of days time is playing Spain in Spain because they're going to get absolutely thumped I, I don't understand why some of the bigger teams like the Spains the Englands I don't understand why they're treating this like a serious tournament then I don't think England are I, don't, I, don't, I genuinely don't think England are Spain might do because Spain have had such a disappointing World Cup yeah so they've got Luis Enrique now as the manager they're blooding a lot of young young players and they and they, they probably ego was hurt from what, mm-hmm. what happened in the World Cup and they thumped Croatia by six in Re, in Luis Enrique's uh, first game in this competition. They beat England at Wembley in his first game in charge. So they would really be taking it seriously. The French, you know, they're not going to take it seriously. They struggle against Iceland. Yeah. So they're, they're not going to take it seriously. England, they come on the back of the World Cup. Then they're not going. But the teams who had bad World Cups, I think, you know, especially Spain, I think they're mm-hmm. the ones who really will. I don't think those England players really care about it but but what I what I don't understand is why not from a managerial standpoint why not treat it like teams like the US treat the gold cup where it's a chance to play some of the kids get some guys who are on the younger side some valuable international experience leave some of these guys like Harry Kane who had a huge world cup then had to go and play for Tottenham what, what, why even bother to bring him? He's just going to get even more burned out. And you see it with almost all the Tottenham players, how they're hitting that October mm. wall right now. A bit like me. Um, I think, mm. I think the thing is, though, Tom, the, 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 we, England haven't got any really quality backup centre-forwards. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take Harry Kane out of that England side, who have they got? Danny Welbeck? I mean, what, what's he going to show? Mm-hmm. We haven't got... Jamie Vardy's retired from international football. There isn't two or three... Kids, you could say, would go and play centre forward. Rashford's playing week in, week out for England. So really, we haven't got the in-depth of, of other nations. And there isn't anybody I would say around. I mean, they, they called a couple of young kids in today and made their debuts. But that's what it should be used for. And I think it probably will be. But also, there's a danger that if England do rest two or three of those key players who we're so reliant on, we could get thumped 
four or five nil, and that would just be a disaster. I mean, even if it's a, even if it's a friendly, the media in England would turn on that football team, uh, soccer the nation team straight away, and Gareth Southgate would suddenly be a darling in the press, and we'd be ostracised in two minutes on the back of that performance. So it's a dangerous one. But the the, the real point for me is that. England don't have any in-depth quality, especially in the centre-forward area. Apart from Harry Kane, we're reliant on him for all our goals, all our services. He's the only one who looked dangerous today, hit the bar with a header. But um, that's the problem we have. Uh, that's a very fair point. You did bring a rather young team into the World Cup. I guess it's that the depth isn't there because the depth is what... The, 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 kid, the team of the future has become the team of the present, and now it's time where this team is going to ride things out while they reload. Well, there's a lot. Of, we, we, we had a we won the under 19 World Cup. We did very well in the under 21s. We done very well under 17s, under 15s. We've got the players coming through, but the problem in England is that they don't get the game time. Mm-hmm. So these these kids are at Manchester City, they're at Liverpool, they're at Manchester United, other different clubs, but they're not in the first team. So they're going to get loaned out, and they've probably been playing Championship football. I mean, the guy. Mason Mount, who's just come in for the English side, he's with Chelsea. He's supposed to be the hottest property in English football. He's now on loan at Derby. Now, that's the problem. The problem here is because these players do not play week in and week out in the Premier League at the top level. And that is the England's biggest problem. We, we have far too many overseas players who've made the Premier League what it is today, but it's also had a, as a, as a bad effect on the national side. And these boys get... And, you know, I've seen so many times people who burst onto the international scene, oh, they're going to be great. But they're not getting the games. I mean, Ross Barkley played today for England. He's only just started getting back in the Chelsea side. He was the, he was the, the next big hope two or three years ago. And that's the big problem with England. And, and um, I mean, I've, I was very, even though we got to the World Cup semi-finals, I was very disappointed with England performances. I thought they were really average. And I thought that um, when, they go, when you look back in the cold light of day in the next years to come, those players will look and say, we're 1-0 up in the World Cup semi-final against Croatia and we should have, you know, we're not going to get an opportunity like that in our lifetime to ever get to a World Cup final, certainly in my lifetime. And I think that's a very disappointing thing. And I don't think, I don't, even though we got to the semi-finals, finished fourth in the World Cup with our best performance since 1990, I still don't think that England were anywhere near what, as good as everyone seemed to think they were. That, that, that's a very interesting take, especially how positive people were giving the reactions right after the World Cup, but... I, I do kind of agree with you there. It's almost like the U.S. in 2014 when they survived the group of death and then got eliminated by Belgium in the knockout stage. And everyone said, well, they made it out of the group of death. They had a great World Cup. But then you look back at it, they beat Ghana, they tied Portugal and lost to Germany and lost to Belgium. That's all they did in the World Cup. It's, it's oh, a very I mean, fair point to make. England, and, then we saw the, and then we saw the effects of it in 2018 where that same team failed to qualify. Is it what England... Left it to the 95th minute to get an equaliser against Tunisia in the first game. Mm-hmm. They beat a pub side in Panama 6 0. I mean, I could have scored two, three goals in that game. I could have played in golf in that game. No, no, no difference. They were, they were dreadful. They still got beat by Belgium twice. They struggled against uh, Colombia. I mean, they had the game in their hand. They sat back and they were, they were on the ropes the second half. And I, I don't think, I mean, and Harry Kane was the top goal scorer in the World Cup, but. Most of them were set pieces, yeah. So, so really, to me, and I, don't, I think you'll look, look at it and think to yourself how that tournament opened up for them and the route they had. Everyone's going to say, oh, England are going to come on. Oh, England, these, we've saw positives and we've got youngsters coming through. Are you telling me that Spain haven't got youngsters coming through? Are you telling me Germany haven't got youngsters coming through? Argentina, Brazil. You know, that was the opportunity. That was their moment and they never come through. And um, I, I, 
it was a great performance. Come semi-finals, brilliant, more than anybody could have hoped for. But really, they should have, they should have got to the final. Should have got to the final. Well, we will certainly see how that comes into play in 2020 in the Euros and in 2022 in the next World Cup. But for now, before we head out, let's uh, shift our focus here. Why don't you tell our, our listeners what it is that you look for? How is it that you're able to turn a profit in the professional betting world? Well, I, I touched it earlier. Um, in the lower leagues, I look for players who are injury, injured. I mean, if, if certain players are missing from teams in League 1, League 2, it's not the same as a player missing from Manchester City at home to Huddersfield. Um, the money lines... As well in the, in the Premier League, I don't really play because you can't be you can't be the bookies aren't wrong. You can't be wrong Liverpool Chelsea at home. You can't be wrong Manchester United against Arsenal. The prices are there for millions and millions of pounds to be bet because they're solid. They're rock solid. But I look for things like total goals. I, lo- I love I love the total goal market. I like playing unders. I'm a big under man rather than over man. I was a bookmaker for many years, and my theory is that anyone who bet the overs was a mug. It was mug money um, because. I think people want to go and be excited. They want to watch. Nobody wants to win money on a nil-nil draw. They want to watch. They want to. They want to see goals. They want to see action. Whereas I always used to swim against the tide. So my betting strategies, whenever it was a nil-nil result, it was always mean that I won a lot of money. Uh, and if it was a three-three, it was a game that I lost money. So I, I, I tend to sort of stick to the certain sides. I mean, in the Premier League, I always like Burnley at home um, because Burnley is a pretty of a bit of a dire place to, to live. It's the stadiums are nobody wants to go to Burnley they make it really tough for you to win there I always back Burnley to win against the lesser teams in the Premier League because they're, they're not a fashionable side you get a decent price for them and they always like playing unders in Burnley games I think unders in Burnley games are a good strategy Cardiff now have become a very good underside um, they play a lot of nil-nil especially and, and now in the Premier League there's a huge there's, there's mini leagues there's the top six the middle six and the bottom six and especially the bottom six whenever they play each other they're so scared of losing the game and what I like to do there is I like to back the draws in those games because the, the, the tactic is not to get beat. So they try to they try to take points off each other, and it's, a, it's more nervous. You know, if Cardiff are playing at home to Newcastle, and they played sandwich between that away at Manchester City, there's a good chance that Cardiff rest all their players for the game against Newcastle because that's more important. They know they're going to get beat three or four nil against Manchester City. So I, there's a few things I do, but really at the lower levels, definitely team news. I like playing the total goal markets. I'm not really a big player on the the one two, the, the match betting, which is the one away, the home away draw, uh, because I don't think the line's wrong. And I think anybody who has a bet has to have a bet knowing that the odds are in their favour. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know that you're betting AFC Wimbledon against Charlton, and you know that Charlton are about three or four players, then that's an advantage. I had a text from a team in League uh, Two in midweek saying to me that uh, the two centre-halves are out for the side and that there was two kids going in to play who were out of position. One of them was going to be 17 making his debut, playing left-sided of defence, and another kid was coming in centre-half who was 18 from the under-18 side. They were 2-1. to one. Charlton, it was. Charlton were 2-1 to one to win at home to Stevenage, uh, away at Stevenage. And I got the information an hour before the kickoff, before the bookies got the information, and the team at two to one, who I bet one eight nil. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that I look for. I mean, I wouldn't just go and have a bet on anything just for the sake of watching it. I want to know what the angle is, and I want to know that the odds are in my favour. So that's what I do there. I'm, I'm not a recreational punter. I've lost so much money over the years 
watching television, thinking, oh, I'll have 50 quid on this or I'll have 20 pounds on that. And when you add it all up, it's a lot of money. So I don't, I try not to be recreational. I'm in Las Vegas here now and I'll walk straight past the casinos. I don't want to know anything. But I did back the under the points last night, as you know, Tom, in the NFL game. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll forget that one if anyone's watching and uh, listening. But so, so I, I, I try to look for the value. And in, in the lower levels, it's about team news. And in the Premier League, I like playing the total cold markets. Really, is where I get most of my money. All right, that's very interesting. Now, we only have a couple, uh, only about a minute left here, but before we go, why don't you first off tell people where they can find you on social media? Uh, it's at Sealy underscore Nigel. You can follow me on there. And if you want to hear about UK Soccer Plays, at UK Soccer Plays. But, you know, I'm quite a good guy to follow. I'm trying to be a bit of humour on there, trying to make a couple of other things. Um, yeah, doing all right. And the Premier League season's coming up next week. We'll be back with some bets on that. I think Man City will win the Premier League. I think, I think they'll just edge Liverpool. Uh, we've got some decent long-term positions on that. So if you want to join in, great, join in the family. If not, follow me, have a bit of a laugh, give me some abuse. Most people do, but I'm thick-skinned, I can take it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's great. And I look forward to working with you on the game. I'm looking forward to it too. Folks, you can tune into that tonight at 7.30 on MyLV TV if you're here in Vegas and listening live. In the meantime, that'll do it for us here on the Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour this week. Tune in next week at the same time, 8 a.m. on 9.20 a.m. The Game. For Carson Merck, Chris Magnum Chapman, Nigel Seeley, I'm Thomas Viola. Have a good weekend, Las Vegas.